Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Welcome along to the Wise Wednesday podcast in what is probably our last podcast of the season. Well, we might do a reaction show. Well, what he was going to say, uh, if the we smallest win. room ever. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm sorry. So. Sorry. It's all right. It's, it's good for the it's audio. It's first home. Yeah, we're just yeah. trying to describe it to him now, yeah? Yeah. I, I, if you, you, I'm sure you know what the, who's that voice is. Uh, former Sunderland player Kevin Ball. Former Sunderland manager Kevin Ball is with us as well for the last one of the season. We'll probably do a reaction show from Wembley if we win. I, I think don't think anybody do. could be bothered if we lose. It will, no. won't be in the right frame of mind to do. We might want to do show. something like in a. Uh, I think you've got to do a reaction thing, haven't you? Yeah, I think that would be brilliant if we win. I think yeah. just to see how people feel after the season's finished and everything that's gone on with it, and, and also with everything that went on last summer. And this is sort of then the culminating effect of Sunday's game, isn't it? So if we win, or sorry, should I rephrase that? When we win, I think you should do I think it'd be good. Mm. That's a formal introduction. Are you okay, Kevin? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got regular Mickey Loff with us as well, and he is a regular because Kevin wanted. Kevin thought we dragged him in off the street. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know whether that was a dig at me appearance or just because no, probably hasn't said this before. Not your appearance. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've got. It seems like ages ago we played Portsmouth, doesn't it? A week. We played them a billion times, didn't we? Yeah, for the fifth time this season. Um, Before we get to that, Kevin, just your reflection on the season as a a whole. Um, I think it's one of those where you can't really sort of say, well, okay, has it been so far a success or failure? Because I think you can only judge that on whatever the objective was set out to start the season. Start the season, I'm trying to think back to what I said. I'd have probably turned around, and I cannot remember, I can't remember yesterday sometimes. I'd have probably said something along the lines of, look, yes, it'd be ideal to go up automatic. Now, originally, before... The club was sold for the manager left uh, Chris and that I had said if we you know get relegated the the main thing we should do is come up as champions. But then so many things changed. Then obviously that objective changed a little bit. And I'm sure I would have said, look, we get in the playoffs, we'll win the playoffs, we'll be fine. I always said if we get in the playoffs, we'd win it because it was our fans that would would get us through it. And you know they they've been through it before, and, and they would probably not say enjoy because I don't think anybody really enjoys it, um, but they would do it. So. Have I enjoyed the season? I've enjoyed watching the players um, go out and probably enjoy playing as well, if I'm honest. You know, look like they've enjoyed playing for the club. They've looked like they've gone into training, worked really hard. I think the manager's ethos and philosophy along with his coaching staff has been good. And that's not being detrimental to the past. It's only what I can judge on, you know, what I've seen and that. And I think the boys have generally enjoyed it, but they'll want to finish the season on a high and there's no better place to do it than, mm. than winning at Wembley. And of course, context everything, isn't it? Because you look at the yeah. way Derby celebrated getting into the playoffs because it was the last game. They got a win. The momentum's took them to the final. Sunderland, I think, because they were, they were just outside that top two for most of the season. But we once, sometimes on the way the fans approach it. But they uh, got through the two games against Portsmouth, though, yeah, despite that. Yeah, and, and is, does that mean, though, when you get through the two games, you, you celebrate it wildly? I'm trying to think back to the Sheffield United game. How did we do it? I can remember seeing the picture of me with my arms up like, you know, like that. That could have been from any game though, Paulie. Truthfully, but it was that one because I was wearing a brace at the time. That's the only reason I knew it was that game. Um, And did we celebrate it? And and I I wouldn't want to speak ill of Derby because like rightly what you said, the momentum took there and then all of a sudden they win the game and they get through to Wembley. You can understand, but I did think it was... A tad overzealous. It was like, ridiculous. Really honest. Honest. Yeah. Um, At one point, you're like 20 minutes in, and you're thinking, "What? What's happened here? Have they, they, they been promoted here?" The, the, con- the context of the, each individual game matters, I think, in order to them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they'd had the thing all season with Bielsa, and then they went one nil 
down the hand scored against them so all the season. Emotions of it yeah, all. well, yeah. well, and, well and, the, and, and the coming play, back to win the game the way they won the I game. Mean, the player because it was just before half time, Derby scored and they nearly went a game and a half. They hadn't had a shot on target. Yeah, and then suddenly the score and the game changed. Anything, I, I yeah. get that, but I think you know that's that, that's a common thing. Everybody yeah. was watching nothing, and they're going to go back in the changing room now or what? Because they were out there for about two hours. It seemed. Yeah, like, I think the, it, the, the enthusiasm they showed. If they showed that at Wembley, they got a great chance of winning. Um, I spoke with Waggy and I just said, look, you know, it's an ideal opportunity for you to know how to experience I, I, something I did. I said, just make sure you win, though. Um, and I really hope he's fit for the final. I mean, I'm not sure if he is or he isn't. That's Martin Waghorn. Yeah, yeah, sorry, everybody. Martin Waghorn. I'm not Waggy. Waggy to me, but Wag, <laughs> Martin Waghorn to you lot. Um, so who, 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 just seen? for context, who you gave a debut to Sullen for? Didn't no, you? no, it was Keane who gave him a debut. But he was one of your youth players. He was, he, yeah. uh, he, he was the, the lad, that, and I love telling this story about on Boxing Day, you get a phone call to say, right, Waggy's starting the game today. And I don't think I've ever been as joyous at Christmas as what I was then, and that probably intru- included being a kid because it was the first real product we had had out of the academy since myself, Jed, and Elliot had really got involved with it. Um, and obviously Scotty P came in as well later on. And... It was just an ideal moment, and yeah, I loved it every every minute of it. I think that's why I was thinking because I remember you saying how proud you were. And that's yeah, why I was thinking I did, of you yeah. being the manager. Um, but I guess a great comparison going back to that derby thing. I mean, can you remember um, in nineteen ninety what the what the uh, do you want a bit of help or what? The feeling was <laughs> in that game. Which, Which game? game? The playoffs. Just trying, yeah, I'm against thinking, Newcastle, yeah, yeah, against Newcastle. That was before right, Bolly hey, 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 I was going to say, take that yeah. red stripe away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't oh, even yeah, joined the yeah, club. That's then. a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, let's yeah, just yeah. move on then. Yeah, shall yeah. We? no, that's a good point. Yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had half kind of red stripe. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I've gone. Yeah, You've that, would a, have, that would have been a better. I'll try and rescue you a bit. You've had a couple of cup finals for Sunderland, no Bolly, ninety-two FA Cup final, and then ninety. It wasn't that far off. Yeah, you eighteen months, and then ninety-eight, of course, against Charlton, as everybody knows. So two finals. For Sunderland, yeah, and lost them both. <laughs> and uh, I've just been to see the girls at St. Joe- Joseph's in Heaven tonight to sort of present them with their shirts from Wembley when they won. And and I watched all the footage and the photos they'd done before the game that the staff had done from Alicia and the uh, staff had done from. It was absolutely brilliant. You know the montage of the photos of their day, how it went about, them playing and them winning. <clears throat> and then when it came to present them with their shirts, uh, they said, "We'd I say a few words." And I actually got quite emotional watching it because I'm thinking, they've done something I haven't win at Wembley. <laughs> and I actually said to them, girls, right, I just want to put this in context for you. You've done something that I couldn't do in my career. I still don't think they had a clue, but they were smiling <laughs> like, so I presume they did. But it was lovely to see. I like, mean, we'll, really we'll, nice. We'll get on to that, but bloody law of averages, surely. Um, well, I agree with that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, average, I think uh, just just on youth team players, just I, I work with a lad who's good friends with Jordan Cook, and he told me yeah. that, he told me to ask you about him. He said he might stitch him up if he listens or something. No, nah, Cookie was a lovely lad. Cookie, when he uh, came into the club, it was funny because prior to him getting a scholarship, there was a little bit of a question mark. What the reason was at the time, I don't know. And I didn't agree with it because I thought Cookie had unbelievable ability. Really, honestly, did. You know, he's one of these players that, you know, great spring, quick, could pass the ball, play the ball, never had much backlift on, a, you know, whether it's a shot or a pass. Um, I thought he was a really, really good player. And he was coming in and they were sort of trying to link his education in at college or something and it just wasn't working for him. So I went to see our head of education at the time, went to see the academy manager, said, look, we've got to change this. He's too important to us. You know, and I think this is a lad that's got a career in the game and we're not giving him the best chance. And to be fair to him, they agreed. So Cookie came in full time and then as time progresses, he's done smashing with me in the youth team. I can remember giving Waggy, believe it or not, a bit of a rollicking after a game because I felt that he had lowered his standards. And as I've sort of given him the rollicking and then followed that up by, right, I'll see you at the Bungalow Cafe on Monday, you're buying the coffees to Waggy because I felt it was a time in his life where it was just somebody that he just needed to understand that to succeed, you need to know what you, you need to do. And I thought that was the right time. Well, anyway, as I walked out, the change in bowl accounts, Waggy's meant to have said to the lads, oh, he's always having a go at me. And Cookie's meant to have turned around and said, well, it's about bloody time because you've been crap lately, like, you know. <laughs> and that was probably one of the luckiest things out of the group at the time. They were very honest with each other. And everybody assumes because, <clears throat> you know, you're the lead coach, but the support you have around you is the most important thing. But the players themselves self-managed really well. And Cookie was one of them. And... And obviously, as his career at the club didn't didn't probably go quite to what he would have wanted, he ends up leaving, and he you know goes around a few clubs. I watched him recently; saw him at Grimsby when Elliot was down there. It was lovely to see him, but he's still again a player that 
I'll always look out for because he's one of ours and you always look out for him and you always want what's best for him. Mm. I think my mate was hoping you would have you would stitch him up in some way and no, have mate, some I'm sort of story. No, no, I couldn't do that. Well, actually, if I could think of one, I would do, yeah. <laughs> you made his debut just drop it in later as well, didn't Just he? drop it in later if you can think of yeah, it. He did. It came out of Old Trafford. He did, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he did. You're right with that. We've gone seven minutes and we've avoided talking about the final. Uh, we've avoided talking about 1998 We haven't talked about the semi-final. Well, no, we haven't yet. No, that's a good point. I mean. What do you think about this, Kevin? I thought, do you know? So we win the win the first leg one nil, mm-hmm. a tight game. You know that it's the fourth time we've played Portsmouth this season. Very little between the sides. Quite a cagey game. One bit of quality wins the game for Sunderland. I thought going into that game, the Portsmouth players were far too fired up. The way they were coming across the same, we'll we'll hammer them at Fratton Park. The fans were doing it. I thought. Eight minutes into that game of Fratton Park, we'll see this through. I, I, I did, you did. They could have had two red cards. It's easy to say that now we've won. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? We've gone for, oh, yeah, I knew that yeah. after eight had, They could have had two red cards after eight minutes. Yeah, I think the um, the one thing you have with Fratton Park, it was it's like a throwback to Roker Park, isn't it? You know, the ground's very tight, very small, pitches close to the, the supporters. So that sort of emotion's going to transcend onto the pitch and you're going to feel it. They made sure... It was loud on the night. And maybe as the build-up to it, like you said, they, they had wound people up that much. But then, in the same token, can you not remember when we played Sheffield United and we had to do the same? Mm. You know, roles versus We were going, we want a white atmosphere. That's what saw us through. Because of the result when against Portsmouth, people are say, oh, they were too wound up. Listen, we really don't know, do we? And yeah, you could have had people sent off. I thought we managed the game on the night really, really well. There was a time I'm thinking, well, we're managing this game well, we're doing this, we're doing that. But then I'm thinking, but if they do score, where are we going to go from here? You know, what's how can we sort of flip it on its head and go to an attacking formation or something like that? That worried me a little bit. You know, the saves John made and you're thinking, hmm, was he in the right place at the right time? Were we lucky or did he make a great save, which is what you want from your goalkeeper? The overriding factor was they saw the game out and I thought we saw it out really professionally. I thought all of them, to a man, were very professional in what they'd done. Um... Yeah, going back to my old club, obviously I saw a lot of my mates there and they were disappointed, but even they admitted on the night, they said, you were better than us. And mm. we were better than them because we got a result that most people said we wouldn't do. Mm. I mean, there's, we've played them five times a season. I would say, if you look at it across the... In total, I would say, if you look at it across the entirety of the games, I would say we've both played them... Four games to one, really. Yeah. Across, they've had they had a good half. The second half at their place where the Beatles three one, and they had a good second half. And yeah. and and that was and that the rest of the time we've the way been in the control. game still rankles me a little bit. I can I thought first half mm. at Wembley, yeah. I thought we were absolutely yeah. outstanding. Like I, I don't think I saw a pass go astray. Yeah. I don't think I could pick anybody on the day that I could go. Oh, he didn't have a great first half. I thought we were magnificent. Crux of the matter is. We beat Portsmouth over the two legs. We deserve to go to Wembley. We've earned that right to go to Wembley. And, and that's really why we're all looking forward to Sunday. And does that give us an advantage? The players have been there. They've had this moment, you know. Does it? Again, it's one of those. You can always look for these little pointers and say, well, we, 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 we know what it's like. We've been there not long ago. You could always then say, well, Charlton, you know, we might take it for granted. Charlton might look forward to it. You know, Charlton mm. people might go, and this would be a great place, great place. So you can dress it up how you want. Does it give us an advantage? No, not really, because it's a totally different game with a totally different outcome. So what we will say is, yes, we have been there not long ago, so it's not like the boys need to go, oh, which door is it we're going? They'll know mm. where to go. They know what the pitch is like. They'll know what the atmosphere is like. Some people will look forward to it. So I just think we just go there and just go for it. I think you're right what you said about how well we played in that first half in the Czech trade. And leading up to that game, Jack Ross had said, uh, he'd spoke about how people um, had too much adrenaline in Wembley finals and they ran themselves into the ground and the, the fact that everybody thought it was a massive pitch when in fact it's not do people make it look yeah, like that just, so you, you've played in a couple of Kevin and is it like that is the adrenaline too much at times do you know the nice thing about what Jack said there is that educated analogy of it all everybody assumes the pitch is massive but it's the same size as every other one and the reason being the pitch is there the stands are stretched back and all of a sudden you look and you go oh my god it's massive that pitch oh, it's, I won't be able to do that and it drains you and Anxiety is what really drains you, you know, like the pressure you build up in your mind about if you do this, if you do that, that's what drains you physically and mentally. I think the biggest thing he said though is probably the best thing is just turning around and saying the pitch is the same side, go out and do the jobs you know you can do mm. and concentrate on that. Definitely. You look, and you look at the, 
you know, I know we don't want to draw comparisons to the two games, but talking about the two games in context, you know, the the final that you played in yeah. and comparing comparing that to the, the checker trade final where we were excellent in the first half. Yeah. And Portsmouth came back into in the second. I mean that first half at Wembley in the in that Charlton playoff we would I dread, show up, didn't show oh, up, did they? It's funny, you know, I, 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 I cannot remember nothing about it. And that's, no, well, I, well, I well I'll, I'll tell you. No, 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 listen, can I just tell you this? I don't want you to tell me anything because as far as I'm concerned, I was great first half, so I don't want you to say anything. It's, it's interesting because I haven't ever watched the whole game back and because, will it really have memory? Obviously it will do. And then you see things you've done well and you go like that and then you see things you've done crappy you think, Christ, I'll really just do that. Um, can you I, see Lionel Perez? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and do you know, but is, is Lionel's performance at times or parts of the performance yeah. he had, is that not indicative of what Wembley can do to you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It can just literally zap you like that. Um, I think the game itself when we played the 21 years ago, again, it was a, to go into the Premier League, you know, the season we had just had, we'd just been relegated, we going back. So many different things floating around in that one. Biggest thing for me now, and I want to say this is, Everybody assumes that, you know, everybody wants a revenge on Sunday for what happened 21 years ago. I think the most important thing that the lads or players of my era can do that played in that game, the supporters that know about that game can still wish that, that we can say, well, we hope they beat them and that'll give us a little bit of respite, like, you know what I mean, to say, yeah, we've got our own back on them. I think Max has recently gone in the press saying that this current bunch of players, and rightly so, it's got nothing to do with them 21 years ago. And what they need to be concentrating on, and you'd want them to concentrate on, is making their own piece of history. He's making their own bit that turns around and says, yeah, OK, they played them 21 years ago and got beat on penalties. It was a great game. However, I'm not really bothered about that because that's history. We'll make our own bit of history. We'll go out on Sunday and win. We'll make our own bit of history. And yes, for all of us that got beat 21 years ago, we will be delighted because we'll say, oh, we finally put that one to bed. But I still re-emphasise biggest thing for you I'm nearly thumping your table here as well right they need to make their own history this game on Sunday is not about 21 years ago it's about them on Sunday and it, you know they've got to look at it. it could be the start of the you know the rege- the journey the recovery for the club the you renaissance know? Or something like that yeah well, the renaissance yeah it, it could be you know it's a big you, word for me and you look, you look at, right. I'm not ever <laughs> saying we're going to be in the in in the sort of same you know league as or bracket as Man City um, but you know they were 2-0 down the Gillingham in or two one down with it to Gillingham in that playoff final they played. That's a year later and, 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 and equalised in the last what's minute. About now? I have no idea but I'm just saying though, you know, and people. But Man City, but Man, out, saying, but Man City yeah. fan, Man City fan, <laughs> they were in our <laughs> division. Man City fans oh, are still talking about gosh, Paul Dickov yes. now. Yeah. You know, and like you think about the players that they've got now, Aguero, yeah. De Bruyne, they'll still talk about Paul so, Dickov because of that he, situation. Because he's moment. the he's he's the one. You well, know, then, and people point, like Gorter as well. You know, Max Power could be the pe- what person people talk about. You know, when there's talking in 15 years time, you know, they get Max Power and he talks about when he scored the goal at Wembley. That's put someone that's, back on the journey. That's what they've got yes, to look at it like. Do you know what? You've summed it up brilliantly there. That's exactly what they've got to do. They've got to be the ones that create the history now because they can look back on and not have what we've been doing for 20-odd years, talking about it. And yeah, of course, it was a great fun. Yeah, great, you know, and everybody talks about it because of the way it worked out. But it is what it is. It's history. It's a great part of our history and a fantastic game that we'll never, ever forget. But I'd like to think come Monday, they'll be talking about the game the day before and saying, now, well, they're done. That's what I want. I want us to then focus on that game because... The club has to move forward, and I think you're right because when we we had the game at Wembley, albeit we lost, I still maintain and I'll never change my mind on this one. It was a start of the journey for yeah. us, and it was a start of Sunderland collectively as a city, as a club. For some reason, it got so much closer. I think the game, the magnitude of the game, and how it went about because it was on telly and everybody was watching it. I think it pushed Sunderland to the forefront of people's minds when it came to football. That they all of a sudden looked out for Sunderland because of that game. Yeah, they were congratulating Cholton, but they're also going, well, "What about Sunderland?" And then the following year, because we won the league with 105 points and had such a fantastic year, I think we, subconsciously we became some people's second team that they started looking out for. Biggest thing for me is, was it great Mickey missing that penalty? Not for Mickey, no, no, of course it wasn't. And I've even gone on on record as saying that when I really look back at the players I've played alongside, the players I've played with, Mickey's up there with the best, without a shadow of a doubt. But I'm glad he missed the penalty now, because if he hadn't missed that penalty and cost most of us an absolute fortune in bonuses, (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get that bit out there then, Mickey. Um, 
Would we have done what we'd done? Would the club have then had the following years it did? So sometimes let's be grateful for what happened then because it set the club on a great journey. These players have got the opportunity to do that again now as well. Yeah, I completely agree that... Um, well, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he come from? I've been just, He's just run on the pitch at Rochdale and he's off. Yeah, sorry about that. Just want to fill everybody in on what he's done at oh, Everybody knows about that. Oh, right, okay. I've been waiting to be brought in for about 20 minutes, so I just thought I'd go into... So the, you'll come, yeah, in, yeah, you'll yeah, come in a game that was played when you were two-year-old. Okay, we'll do that then. No, but I just think that um, on Sunday, it is a big opportunity, um, as we've alluded to, there to put their own stamp on the history of a football club but I think to look at this slightly on the flip side that it's a very big game because if we lose I think the consequences could be fairly severe because if we win you've rightly pointed out that we have momentum behind us and this season will be seen as a start of a renaissance of the club but if we get beat then I don't think next season you're going to see 46,000 fans on Boxing Day like you did against Bradford so you just want to be negative then yeah there's always oh, one isn't there right God, I'm like, where'd you get him from out the streets like you know? <laughs> I know what you're saying Nick but if someone win the first 10 games then you will see 46,000 on Boxing right. Day the point you're sorry go on no, no, go the on. point you're making I get that because what you're saying is it's been built right into this game that it's the next step this year in the same token we look at ourselves as the, you know the biggest club in League One and rightly so Teams have raised their games massively against us all year. You know, you, some of the teams you've then looked at their results afterwards and they've gone downhill and that. Um, that's what I was told. I don't really look at it. I only worry about no, us, to be honest right, with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So they've raised their games massively against us. Will that happen again if we stay in this league? Truthfully, probably not. Now, if supporters next year choose not to come, that's their prerogative. We need to then win them back again, don't we? Of and course. What you've said there is right. If... Sunday goes against us and we're going to talk in a negative manner which I'm not a particularly great lover of but if it does go against us and everybody's on a downer we will be on a downer for a week or two and then what we need to do is put our fingers at our backsides and say well okay didn't quite work out this year but we can do it next year and the players know what will be expected of them so there'll be no grey area and will the teams that we come up against then raise the games they may do we need to raise the games above that and we need to be even better than what we are here. And then next year, I would put my... I nearly said that on the block, but I won't say that. And say, we need to win the league if that happens. Because that will then send the message yeah. out. That's, I mean, is there somebody in the dressing room at the moment? Or the character in the dressing room? People have talked about that a lot over the last few years. Is there somebody in that group who can do what Quinny did after the final in, in 98 where he came and stood up and, and, and spoke in the dressing room about what they're going to do next year is there somebody I know, who, he didn't speak in the dressing room I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you what without a shadow of a doubt the best thing that happened after that final right was Bobby Saxton turning around to Mickey Gray and saying ah oh, well Mickey that was an effing shit penalty anyhow right that was a, by far and away the best thing that was said and Niall spoke very well uh, to the press and the TV and he said oh next year um we won't, we won't get beaten. So it wasn't nothing like that. Like You have so many different stories about what happened. The biggest thing is when you're sitting there and you're down, you need something to grab hold of. You need somebody to say something that makes you go, yes. Now we're sat there after the game. It's what's happened's happened. We walk in the change room. We're all sat round. Heads down. No one wants to talk. Everyone's got the piss. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. yeah like, I've got the hump, right? And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Sacco came out with that. That's why Bobby Saxton will always be, for me, far and away, the best coach I've ever worked with. Not necessarily always for his footballing knowledge, because that was beyond off the Richter scale, but his human side of knowing when to say the right thing at the right moment and doing it in a way that makes you respond. And that's what he'd done. And I remember we all started laughing. And I swear, from that moment onwards, all we said was, right, we'll win the league next year. That was it. And like I say, Noel, like I said, Noel's very eloquent, speaks very well. I'm a bit rough and ready. But like, he speaks very well. Sacco is a bit like me. He just says it as it is. And he said it as it is exactly right. I do like the way he said effing shit. So you try to hide one. <laughs> <laughs> you try to hide one swear word and then just come out yeah, with a second one anyway. Yeah. No, it's yeah. okay. Um, lots of decisions to be made be- be- before this. By the way, I, I like it how Paulie said he wasn't going to talk about 98, but we've managed to cleverly yeah, yeah. got it out of him anyway yeah, and to talk good. about <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You'd almost think you'd done this before, Stephen. Um, right. I'm not going to like sort of ask you for predictions for team selections and that ball, but we'll talk about some of the options Jack Ross has. I think yeah. I think it's all. Si- are we all thinking that because this is a safe one? Yeah. That the back five is going to be as we'd expect. 
when McLaughlin, the two yeah. full-backs. And, and Ozturk, he's been a revelation baller, hasn't he? It's funny. Um, I've watched him closely. And, you know, when he's come to the club, didn't have the best of starts and he's out the team. Then when he came in, I'm thinking, well, this is going to be toughy when he put him back in. Um, and I thought he would find it difficult getting up to match fitness and that. And I have to say, made me go, yeah, respect to you, mate. Because what he'd he done then, he, he literally, you know, that proverbial saying, I've grabbed the ball by the horns, he did. And he's got better and better and better and better. And to be, if anything, become a proper mainstay mm. in there, isn't he? Probably what we've been missing yeah. over the course of the season. This is the way he's played the game. So many leads we've given away. And you just think, had you had an informal step at the back to deal with some of the, the way the opposing teams play? It's hindsight. We're all experts in hindsight. I've had a full kind of, I've had a full kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you know what it is? Right. I think it's really important now that we don't turn around and go, if we had had him, because we didn't. Yeah. Right. What we do say is, when we have had him, he's done tremendously well. And hopefully that'll continue on Sunday. I do think so. Like I said, when he came back in, I did think at the time the manager was very brave doing it, felt it was the right decision to do. I think the managers, you know, people not long ago were giving him a bit of stick and I'm mm. thinking, really, like that? Again, I will say they're entitled to do what they want. They pay their money. They have their voice. They have their opinion. Managers made some very good decisions, bringing him back in when he did. And then Alim's repaid him as well, you know, like because, and as each game's gone on, He's got fitter and fitter mm, and stronger yeah. and stronger. It looks like he's slotted in there even better. So I don't want to go back over if we had had him because we didn't. So let's not do it phone I think Ozturk, he was a bit of a victim of circumstance because he obviously had that poor game against Charlton and made quite an obvious error against Sheffield Wednesday. But after that, he didn't really put a foot wrong when he played in the Czech Trade Trophy yeah. games and he was very solid. But I think what happened was when um, Baldwin and Flanagan at the start of the season, yes, he occasionally had a mistake in them. But we've actually conceded one of the fewest amounts of goals in the league yeah. this season. So it could for be circumstantial as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, definitely. So because there hadn't been that Coventry game earlier on in the season, why would Jack Ross make a change in the back? But as I say, it took that extreme example for us to see Oz Turk's obvious qualities. And yeah. I think, as you say, he's repaired his faith he, he, excellently. Even then, because... Jack Ross got a lot of stick for these, these substitutions at Wembley and, and on two occasions after that game, the Doncaster one was the first one where he thought after the Coventry game, to make two changes, he had, he had some guts and some balls yeah, yeah. just to do that, to make those the two personal th- changes. One thing I will give the manager credit for, he's comfortable with every decision he makes. Definitely, he backs himself. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think if you're brave enough to do that and to say that, you know that whatever happens, yeah, that's the decision I made, I'm comfortable with that and I, I like that about mm. yeah. I agree with people have been harsh on Ross um, in the past because early on in the season he made several substitutions that influenced games and won us points and I think people have forgotten that and all of a sudden he makes two substitutions that people query and suddenly people are saying oh he can't make substitutions tactically blah 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 but what I like about Jack Ross he will occasionally make mistakes but I think every single time he's learned from them and he's made better decisions the next game and he's returned from it. The biggest thing now about sport in general is analysed so in depth that it's really difficult. for A manager makes a decision. If that decision of a tactical substitution or whatever goes against him, he gets ridiculed for it. If it goes well, he gets praised for it. It's And, and he gets ridiculed massively because of the impact of social media because everybody's now got an opinion. And it's, it's fair enough. I've got no issue with that at all. But sometimes it's that benefit of hindsight saying, if it, I would have done this. Well, mm, but would that have worked? Who, who bloody knows, really? You know what I mean? Don't play 4-4-2 with this group. But the second time he did that was, a, obviously, a part of, and you, you mentioned already, the three midfielders he picked. Now, we all knew what his game plan was when we saw the team sheet. That, granted, a bit of Lee Catamore, Max Power, at this level... Are three players who should be able to control a midfield back. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. And they what well, they did, didn't they? Their mm. little triangles they were doing, their little passing movements, slowing the game down, controlling the ball. The experience they've got in that group is quite vast, mm. isn't it? When you look at the three of them, 
and and and, and digressing, I think a massive amount should have been given to, to Grant Lebert because when it was disclosed after you know what him and his family mm-hmm. had been going through. I was stood talking to, believe it or not, a mate of mine I met when I was at Portsmouth and, you know, I'm talking from when I was 18 years old and I, I looked down and I saw Grant and I just thought, hmm, something not right then. Obviously, people weren't aware of it on the outside then and then you get to hear about it and I think the utmost credit should be given to him to, to put something like that to the back of your mind for the greater good at that particular moment in time. Yeah. Take some mental strength and I think full credit to him I think we've seen that resilience from yeah. Ledbetter in the past as well because I remember shortly after his his dad passed away and his ashes got scattered on the stage when I pitch he scored a screamer against Arsenal a few days later and I think like you say it's absolute testament to his character and that is why I would have absolutely no qualms with starting him on Sunday because as I say I think he reacts very well to adversity and he's as you say he's absolute credit to the at, club you look at the, the lot of them and <clears throat> Like you say, boy, like social media, is it, you know, everyone's got an opinion and yeah. it's an instant opinion yeah, and yeah. there's no regulation of that. You just, just blurt out what it's, you think. It's emotion based. It as is. Well and, the time, yeah. and people have questioned the character of this group of players. Mm. And I just felt as well after that Portsmouth game, there's just this steely underlying determination oh. in that group of players to, to succeed. And that's been the last two games against Fleetwood and Southend are the first time this season I've been felt a, bit, a little bit let down by. Them in that regard, that's only Those, only t- the only two games this the two season. Games, the second half at Fleetwood, the game yeah. at Southampton. Let's face facts, we were rubbish. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the first time I actually sat and thought, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and and I haven't done that all year. Yeah. I think the resilience they've shown all year, the togetherness they've shown all year, at times the absolute quality they've shown all year has been great. But that's the first time I actually looked and thought at Fleetwood. How can you switch like you did? Yeah, and then down at South End, and albeit. You know, it was a big moment for Southend yeah. and they had a lot to play for. Yeah. When you go to places like that, I don't mean this rudely at Southend, but if you win and relegate, and that's not your problem, they've yes. been relegated because of their performances over the season, not because they've just been beat by Sunderland on their last game of the season. And I don't know what it was on the day, whether it was the players' minds, not sure, I, I have no idea, but it was probably the worst game I'd seen us have all year. And maybe the number worst game, but that for me was the one yeah. that stick in my mind. Then to react the way they did and bounce back the way they did mm-hmm. and maybe fo- refocus the way they did, I think testament should be given to, you know, the staff. I'd like to say the captain as well because I'd like to think he got a grip of a few of them and people underestimate the power of George. Take it from me because George will not suffer fools. And I know that because I've worked closely with him as a young player and I know how he's evolved and got better and better and better. And yeah, he not, might not be one of these that does certain things that people might be looking for, but he won't be frightened to say in his piece in the change room. And it might just be the moment where he's actually gone, listen, we need to pull our things out of backside here a little bit. And I'd like to think the senior players would have backed him there as well. So we'll all know come into Sunday, won't we? Again, I think Ross deserves credit for that because what I really like about Ross, you don't get a Call lot him of... bloody Jack, will you? Keep saying <laughs> Ross. Like. He, um, he doesn't really get too high when Who's we win. Who's that? Who's that? Um, Jack oh, I love it <laughs> <laughs> Ross Jack <laughs> no but he doesn't get too carried away when we win but when we get beaten sometimes people because it's Sunderland in League 1 and like you say football's a very emotional game people come out with statements like oh we shouldn't be losing to this team and that team but Ross I think he just keeps a very consistent kind Ooh. of level playing field <laughs> he's done it again <laughs> isn't he? Like, next time he says that we'll all hit him over the, the other van Mike alright you'll hear him shall I call him the gaffer <laughs> <laughs> But also, I think he um, kind of maintains a calm, and I think that's very helpful in the dressing room environment because for certain managers, I feel if we get beat, they go over the top and chastise them. But then when we win, they kind of do a little bit too much going so over the top. Biggest thing about football is trying to level your emotions in whatever happens. Because, like you say, you get too high on a win and then too low on a defeat. The way it plays your emotions is horrific. So I think he's right doing that as well. And. I think, like I said, I think credit should be given to Jack for the way he's done that, and I think it's it's good that he's done it as well. I think you know that ties in as well with the fact we've already played at Wembley. Now, sometimes you can play at Wembley a few times in the space of a few years. We're going to play at Wembley twice in the space of a couple of months, um, and I think that kind of mentality is going to tie in with that. It's going to. I kind of look at it as an analogy, almost like you failed your first driving test. I didn't. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you did as well. I've- Passed my second time, yeah. Look, look at him trying not to say, I feel <laughs> you see, my wait, wait, <laughs> Like that, did you pass I feel first time past second. Uh, well, there you go. But anyway, see? the point is... See? You watch me like, crash my car on the way <laughs> yeah, you get, you know, You get the test centre, you don't know what, what it's going to be like there. And like you were saying about, you know, you get to Wembley, 
you're getting used to it. That's so, what's that's what's going to be like. All these I, 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 I can't wait for Jack's team talk. On. Listen, lads, right? You failed your first driving test, however, you've now got another chance yeah. like that. But no, so I think that motivates. But, but the Barley's, point, Barley's played all these yeah. cup finals, and Gareth's competitor to a driving. No, the point is, my point is, it's 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 it's, a, it's you, you're doing it again quickly after the first time, and you've you've got all that anxiety out of the way, you have got all that nerves out of the way, you got you oh, you yeah. understand what the day is going to be like, and. Charlton were they really Charlton, uh, were they really I'll tell you what it will have done it will have given them an insight to it yeah that's what I mean yeah, it, yeah. It, they're going to they've got a routine for that situation do you think it helps do you think it helps Charlton that they're just jumping on bloody a bus and driving possibly, for, ten, yeah. for 10 minutes yeah, to the possibly, game possibly yeah I think people are forgetting. Well, the might talk- owners might make them get the tube. Yeah, but but you know we're talking all about you know the expectations of ourselves. I think first of all we also sh- shouldn't forget Charlton and all this. You know they finished the season strongly, powerfully, and quietly. If I'm honest with you, and yeah, albeit the Doncaster game nearly went wrong from and that, but again they've gone through that thing of penalties and that. Um, let's not underestimate them. Let's not assume that we're going to go down there and just roll them over because the one thing that will happen is they'll want to turn us over. Mm, I don't think anyone's... For for all of us wanting revenge, all their punks will be turning around saying, let's do them again. So it's going to be a very difficult game. Have we got that little bit of an advantage having played the recent... Yes, I do think you're correct there. I wouldn't. I haven't got... Geographically, I mean, though, do you think it makes a difference, Paul, or not? What do you mean? Because they're playing five minutes away from where they're based anyway. No, not really, because let's face it, if the lads are staying in the Hilton Hotel, then are you going 10 minutes as well? I don't think that really has got anything. Mm. Yeah, we're going to travel down the day before. Um, (coughs) Nah, not at all. I think Mm. think they should be so excited about Sunday, it's frightening our boys. Mm -hmm. I can't what I was going to say. Now you've ruined it. Probably a driving test or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I never ruined it. Yeah, that, he ruined it. The midfield. Uh, yeah, no. I we'll get back well, on the team selections. The, the midfield. We don't know what team he's going to pick, but those three. Play, I, my good feeling is that Wembley, they would stick with the same three yeah. midfield to try and control the game. Um, what it does is raise lots of questions about the attacking players. Charlie White's going to play. I'll be amazed if he didn't <coughs> ahead of Will Grigg. Um, peop, this is a cliche for you, Barley. I want to know your opinion on. When a manager has lots of players and he needs to make a decision, it's a nice headache to have or something, isn't it? No, is, is it I a always, nice? No, I wouldn't have said it's a nice headache. No, <laughs> that's what people say. Though, no, isn't I think it? The, the least amount of decisions you have to make make mm. life a lot I've always more wondered easier. that. Yeah, I'll I've tell you the reason that. I say that. Right, I go shopping. Right, <laughs> Mrs. I go, can I get some cereal? <laughs> so I go to the cereal thing, get some special K. So I look at the special K. And it has about 10 different special Ks. And I think, why can't you just have special K? Make my life easy. <laughs> and then she'll go get that and it'd be a 10 different things in that. And I find myself ringing up. Right, can you just tell me, can we just have a special K or a loaf of bread? I stand looking at the bread thinking, tiger bread, this bread, that bread, the other bread. Why can't you just have bloody sliced bread and be done with it? Do you see what I mean? It's like, it's yeah, like so what basically driving lesson. I was going to say, yeah, so again, everybody be going, there's no wonder Baldy could never pick a bloody team <laughs> like that. So Baldy's calling for communist Russia, basically. <laughs> but honestly, the problem you have now, and I do think when a manager's got a massive amount of decisions, it doesn't, it, yeah, I don't like it. I like to simplify things. And he'll have his team in his head and... And that's obviously depending on lads being fit. And obviously, you know, Chris, is he going to be fully match fit yet? He's had a few games since he's come back. You look at Aiden, will Aiden be fit? And the season he's had and the fact that he has that little je ne sais quoi where he can do something not out of nothing because every time he gets the ball around the edge of the box, I'm willing him to do it. I'm going, go, on, go inside, go inside, go inside. And if he goes the other way, you know, it doesn't matter either because he can go onto his left foot and he's probably, along with myself, one of the best two-footed players I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, two-footed as in tackles, you know lads. I'm just glad that you admitted that you ring your last every time you go to the shop because Claire, I like know. my <laughs> wife, every time I do it, she goes... Oh, by the so way, can I just stop you about shopping <laughs> there? Have you ever shopped in Aldi? I'll, well, I'm a little man, me. I love a little. I think it's the Aldi one, right? Is that Aldi where you pack your own gear in it, right? Yeah. Which I've got no problem with, right? Absolutely none. So me and the missus went there, so... Gets the stuff, she gets a trolley and puts the bags in the trolley. So I went, what are you doing? She went, no, you pack over there. And the next minute, the, the bloke that was doing this thing started lobbing my gear at me. I've never seen nothing like it. It was like a Vegas car dealer going, boom, boom, boom. I went, whoa, 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 slow down with you, mate, slow down. My missus had tears in her eyes. I went, mate, you can't be doing that. And she said, no, this is what they do here. They literally 
it was flying into the trolley like I've never seen nothing in my life. Sorry, I just had to get that out. Maybe, there, like, yeah. Say maybe John McLaughlin shots it out. Shots oh, it out you've never seen. It have you ever shot there? Yeah, yeah. It's like the Olympic sport, isn't it? There you go. See, <laughs> hey, I'm glad I've what, never experienced well, that. Before. At Little, they've got like a divider on the conveyor belt that separates it out so you can pack at the thing. And then, oh, then I'll tell you it's, what else it's, I don't it's like, like, it? I don't like Tesco's. You know that bit where you do your own. <laughs> Talk, you know like the machine where you go mm-hmm. and the self-serve yeah I don't yeah. like that either mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk to someone <laughs> I want to go hello to someone and I actually find myself oh, I've got to go in there you again. can talk to the machine if you want people might think but, you're a bit but yeah. I do I do I, my usual thing is oh, not you again like that and then I start doing I think here we go again what do I have to press now have you like, ever, talking to machines have you, ever, have you ever said thank you to a cash point no I've done that before loads of yeah, times yeah, like, right. and, uh, and they think I'm the mad one and he's saying thanks <laughs> have, have you ever clapped when a plane lands no, I've swore a cash point before when like I've had insufficient funds. <laughs> but Listen, you've done yeah, some bad things in your life, you by the way, you're pitching Vader. Cash points when people when people do two cards at the cash point should be banned. Oh, what do you mean by they do it so like yeah. they do it and then all of a sudden you think I'm in now and they just produce yeah, yeah, another. Oh, yeah. nuts! And then when they when they're in the queue for ages and then they pr- reveal the card like when they've been get the card ready. Why, why does it, it you just it's a 30 second transaction it's, it's, same, yeah, it's even when you go on your passport and you're going all the way up there and you're looking thinking get your passport out and then last minute they go in their bag and get out and think any chance you know what you're going to do do you know what I mean why are we digressing about anyway, passports yeah, and shopping yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that because people fine, don't yeah. want to think about the game driving no, no, room, shops but I, I just want to say just flip it back around and finish I'm just glad that I'm not the only one because sometimes my wife will I'll ring her and she'll say Stephen I sent you around the shop for a loaf of bread what you, you can't possibly need my advice for anything, so I'm glad it's not just me. But I, was, I, I remember I, my point I was going to make before. It's about football. Do you want to hear? Better it? be good. Oh, this. Yeah. So you look yeah, back. This the f- is first game. Built up now, if this. you look at the symmetry, of the the season, first game of the seasons on Sky, <laughs> Sunderland against Charlton. Yeah. Charlton got five players on the bench. We started with Luke O'Nine, Barney Mumber in the middle, Oz Turk and Leuven at centre half. Um, you know, and you, you look at this, and people will give a lot of praise, rightly short so, Charlton because. They had, they've yeah. done. He's done an unbelievable yeah, job, yeah. given and the the turmoil like they're in the the, the football club off the pitch, and pe- they'll get the credit for that. Do you not think but sometimes look, that helps? Maybe, but I, I think Sunderland comparatively also had problems where you yeah, know yeah. return to you know with ten players with first same players, we won't get the sympathy thing that that Charlton will get because it's it's Sunderland. So you should we should we should have won the league. Yeah, yeah. We should have won the league and and. Charlton, you know, have done well to get there. Well, they have done really well to get there, but so we've done really, well to get there as well. I think you're right. I think um, the status of the size of our club and the history of our club won't allow us any real credit if we win. No. But I really don't give a shit. No. If we no. win and we go up, I don't care what other people think. I will just turn around and say to the boys, absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Back to the manager's headache thing. Oh, for we, a minute, we, I thought we were going shopping. We've got there. Yeah. Um, what paracetamol would you get? I, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'll be honest with you. I don't like shopping for anything. Like, and I'll tell you the reason why. She'll tell me what we want, and I go there and I find myself getting things we don't want. And then I go home. Take the coat off the fast shore. Even better than that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what paracetamol? Just the cheapest one ever. Yeah, of course. You don't get the branded stuff. No, no. No, same ingredients. Yeah, it's the same ingredients. Exactly, it's exactly the same. So, why is it different pricing? Because it's a brand, brand power of the brand. Capitalism, yeah. yeah. Mark, marketing, clever marketing, good marketing. Right, okay, let's get back to Yeah, let's get back to football. Gonna be going, um, I'm not going to ask you, the way quotes get picked up now, Barley, I'm not going to ask you this question. It's not fair. So I'm going to ask you two this. Seeing everybody's fit, we're thinking about McGeady included. Can McGeady and Maguire play in the same team from the start? Or would you pick McGeady and Maguire in the same team from the start? Go on, because I've got a... I've got a question for Bolly on the back of this. So for you a minute there, first. while you were twisting, I thought you needed to go to the toilet. He's going to start squirming inside inside the bedroom. Scratching, scratching my ankle. It's, it's a difficult one, Megan. There's not. I don't. You know, nobody knows the right answer for this. I, I, I would personally try and get them into the same team. Okay, so with the three we mentioned behind them in midfield. Yeah, so I think so, that gives you a really good base. And like I said earlier, I think Maguire, he's excellent at linking the midfield and the attack because he kind of fills into that space a lot more effectively than I feel any other player does on our side. And I think obviously if McGeady's fit, you've got to play him because he's our best player. Well, McGeady plays if he's fit. I mean, I just think. Well, then it's so, hot, it's hard. Well, so I've got. The, what, I'm the, not going to comment on this, right? Because I'll be honest, I've had my own thoughts about this. So you think we I should th- play? I, what the, do you think? I think Morgan in this game could be vital. But the problem is, if Maguire's fit and McGeady's fit and Honeyman's fit and Ledbetter's fit. Now I'm not saying you can't get. Morgan in I just think Morgan first half against Portsmouth brilliant brilliant 
he kept on coming in off the side and taking up spaces in front. So he was he was breaking the lines, coming in front of the, the centre backs, and he was they didn't know how to cope with it. Yeah. Now against Charlton, think about that first half against Charlton uh, at their place this season. They're going to be open. They don't they don't do defensive. They're going to be open, and They've I got think a more, defensive I think more, Charlton, you know. But I think Morgan in that first half. At the weekend, now he fades after 55 60 minutes and he could make a change and bring someone on. But I think Morgan would be absolutely vital in that first half, and that's why I'd be tempted to play him. It's a massive pitch as well, isn't it, Wembley? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about but that. But seriously, I'm though, sure that I know, like, if you're picking a player for the game, I just think he, well, could, he could do some damage in, in that first 45 50 minutes, and then you take him off and bring. Somebody on. Do you know what? It's, it's interesting when we go for all these different permutations and what we wouldn't do, wouldn't do. It would be brilliant if the manager put in an envelope his team with the reasons why and his tactical yeah. stuff. So we had an idea of what you want to do and then we could judge him after. Do you see what I mean? Why yeah. have you done that? Well, mm-hmm. that's because of what you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they will be looking at that. I mean, our analysis department, Ewan and, and Bodzer, they're superb at looking at the stuff of the manager. They spend a massive amount of time looking at stuff and the manager and analyse it as well with his staff. They'll come out of a plan. But sometimes it would be great just to yeah. know exactly what he's mm-hmm. seen, exactly how he's going to counteract something of theirs, but also then say impose ourselves on them. And no one really knows. Will Chris play? You, you, your point about him linking up the play, one of my... I think Chris has got something special as well, but one of my only that worries is sometimes he goes everywhere looking for the ball, yes. but in the wrong areas. And... Sometimes there's like a, I was trying to work it out, like a V on the pitch where I would say, right, I do not want you. So if, if we're, no one's going to see this and I'm drawing it on your table here. Yeah. On your green, I, on yeah, the green. I, I would say, look, you can have the ball in this V here, but don't go anywhere else because there's already people there. And what's going to happen is you're going to end up going and getting the ball in an area where then you've got no one to pass to because you're needing to pass to your mate if you so get what I mean. would you prefer maybe Honeyman because he's like a bit more disciplined in that area? He's disciplined, but not only that with George, he does play, but George, when people like Lewis might go on that Come run in, yeah. and go inside and then gets done, maybe defense, George is the one that comes out. Sometimes George's work is done selfishly and selflessly because he's, he's picking up other people's runs yeah. that they're going to well, I'll come and do that I think Honeyman does an excellent job for the team by the way every time yeah, and, I, and I think that's something that again there's parts of George's game I mean he's come up with a goal in the game that you rightly ran on the pitch um, it's, it's going to be a difficult selection for the manager and I think whatever decision he makes will we turn around afterwards and praise him for it well if we win yes if we lose let's face it what, we all, yeah. you know, what are people going to I should have done this should have done that I think whatever decision he makes whatever team he picks He'll do it for what he feels are the right reasons. And for me, that's the most important mm. thing. I think you, you, Lind- we didn't even mention Linda. No, I mean, that's you, an option. You, you, no, I mean, Linden's probably at the moment. Um, you know, people are saying he's, he's out of form a little bit. But when you you know you look at everything he's gone through this year, you know, the new baby and stuff like that. And no matter what, I can remember when, you know, and I've been through it. And you know, I'm going to do all this to help out. And the next thing you find yourself absolutely knackered. And and that's the husband. Let alone how the poor wife feels. Do you know what I mean? So. I'm not making that as an excuse for Lyndon, but I think, again, there's been a, an upheaval to do a, not an up, a nice one in his life. Um, it'll be interesting what the manager. The manager will pick the team. Oh, by the way, I will tell you this, sir. He'll not give a monkey's about what anybody says. He will pick the team he thinks will win this game. Mm-hmm. And if people criticise him for it, he'll not be bothered. And that's, a, a, for me, a massive mental strength of his to say, well, I've picked the team. I've made a decision based on this and I will stick with it. And I am comfortable with it. And we'll go back to what we said earlier on. And he will be. So how, how early has he made that team, do you think? Would he have it in his head now? Oh, oh, well, obviously, you've got to wait and see if um, Aidan's fit. And, and you know, if Aidan's fit, when did he last train properly? And what I mean by that is, will he train? But will he train properly? When did he last play? You know, some people say, well, he won't last 90 minutes. Well, I'd like to think of the age he's at, that that 90 minutes is in him. It's, yeah. it's not something he's got to train for anymore. You know, he's, he's like, I don't know how old Aiden is now. What is he, 44? 33. Oh, 33, 33 right, yeah. So he's 33. That's in him now. He should be able to game manage, no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Now, if he does play, will he then think, well, I've got to put George in somewhere because if Aiden struggles going that way, will I need George to make sure he does this? Gaffer will think of every little scenario and try and plan for it. How, how late would people leave that selection of McGeady? Would you kind of give it till Saturday evening think, or would you try it? Uh, it's a tough one, that as well, because you've sometime or other got to get your tactics out exactly. to your players. You've got to get your, you know, your um, mm. set plays for and against sorted out. Mentally, players, do yeah. they want to know? Or 
if he was that important to the team and the players realised that, would they be bothered about waiting until the last minute? I don't think they would, no. And then, but then if he misses out the last minute and you're putting all your eggs in that basket, I, I mentally think, you uh, might be a bit, oh, yeah, no, I, we're, I, we're missing I, in. Oh, oh, so will he make a decision? What's the day? So they've been off the day. Tomorrow, it'll be, it will be yeah, built towards... It, yeah. Yeah. Saturday be the last time he can make that decision and I would presume he'll give him the best chance possible. But I'll tell you the bravest one out of it all will be Aiden because I think Aiden would turn around and say, listen, I ain't going to be able to do it. I think Aiden's professional enough now to be able to turn around and say, if I can play, if I can get through at least 90 minutes, he would do. If he felt he was going to struggle and I saw him at the training game we spoke about it he just went no he said I and he was explaining his reasons why this was for the ports of away game and I actually felt not sorry for him per se but sorry because you have to make a decision like that's a brave decision it's not an easy decision to say to somebody oh by the way I can't play tonight because of my injury and to play with that injury for the period of time he did and to make it public as well because let's face it if if Kev had been playing fullback and Aidan had been there and I knew about that little injury Kev might have accidentally stood on it as <laughs> first chance like you know yeah. so I thought he was a good lad, but let's let's wait and see. Let's truthfully end on a high of mm. turning around and saying, let's all go down to Wembley and instead of having a good day, which we had against Portsmouth in the checker trade, have a great day by winning it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. As a manager, I um, wanted just, to finish just, on that. Just, one, just saying, <laughs> it was a good player. It would have been a good player to finish. But you, you've I'm not be, around. You, you, you got to be interested in announcing team selection. So when you were a manager, because you hear different stories, don't you? Players yeah. saying some managers. Don't tell you till the morning. Someone just tell you on the Thursday. Did you have a pattern or a, a Not pre- really. preference? I, th- I think sometimes you've got to look at the players. Some players like to be told, some players don't. Some players like to mentally prepare the night before. In the main, under Reedy, we'd have all been, always been told, but there may have been one or two games where he didn't say it. I'd have probably liked to have known I was playing. And I speak to a lot of lads out on loan, and I go, you're playing tomorrow? And they go, they don't know the manager hasn't named the team yet. Then I'll say to them, well, do you think you're playing? And that's usually a marker, because if they go, well, I'm not sure, I used to think, well, you're not be bloody playing then. Because, like, <laughs> you know, but you need to know yourself. If you're, you're in good fettle and playing well and performing well in training, you'll say, yeah, I'll do, like that. Um, before games, I think players like to know. And I think leaving it to the last minute, unless you can quickly get across your points tactically and, and set play-wise, I'm not sure. Hmm. We're going to finish now. Do you want to do another one of your little speeches to go out? Not really, no. I thought my last one was <laughs> great. Are you doing a dance or something on the pitches before the game? Oh, Frankie, Frankie, has, I'll tell Frankie you what. asked us to mention this. No, actually. no, what, Frankie, right. I, I'm going to curtail you here. When we'd done the last one and the geezer from Portsmouth started singing, I kept thinking, what the bloody hell is he on about? Like, do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, like that. And I thought, oh, go on and keep top that one. You know what I mean? I, um, I can't, no, I just, I enjoyed doing it. I felt a bit embarrassed, right, because, you know, when I went down pitch side to do it, I went, well, what are we doing then, Frankie? Because I didn't really know what we were doing. He just said, be down pitch side. He said, oh, we're going to do an interview and you're going to be on the screen. I went, Frankie, I have a penance for swearing. The last thing I want to see is me up there going, oh, for fuck's sake, like that on the big screen, do you know what I mean? So I have to concentrate quite a lot to make sure I don't swear. Um, but it, it'd just be, I think, again, really it'd be just re-emphasising what we've spoke about to say, this, fi- this final on Sunday is not about 21 years ago. Yes, we will all think back to it because you can't help but think back to it. And yes, I have said, yes, I'd like Charlton in the final. And yes, I would like to beat him. Yes, because I'd like to exorcise that ghost of Charlton past. This game on Sunday, and I reiterate it again and again and again, is not about that. It's about this bunch of players, this management, this staff, this club now making history for themselves. Thanks for listening. 